Hello everyone, today we're going to be talking about self-harm. We're going to talk about what self-harm is, why people self-harm, the feelings associated with self-harm, some ways of supporting people who self-harm, and also some alternatives to self-harm as well. Self-harm describes a person's behaviour when they deliberately hurt themselves in some way. A person may cut, burn, scratch or injure themselves. Self-harm can also involve skipping meals, drinking too much, over-exercising, using drugs, solvent abuse or taking overdoses. Self-harm affects men and women of all ages and all walks of life. In today's stressful society, the use of self-harm is increasing and even sports stars are admitting that they have self-harmed to manage the pressure they face and their internal feelings. Self-harm for many is a way of coping and a way of getting through emotionally tough times. Young people can self-harm when they are feeling under pressure to get good grades at school. Bullying by peers can also cause self-harm or add to the pain a child is already feeling inside. Many young people find it hard to talk about how they're really feeling and feel that there is no one who will listen to them or understand them. The homeless often self-harm to cope with the horrendous experiences they face each day. However, the self-harm is often already an embedded coping mechanism which they have held onto from earlier traumas they have experienced in their lives. Anyone who has experienced any kind of child abuse can begin to self-harm. Child abuse tells people that they have no voice, that their feelings don't matter, that they aren't important and that bad things which happen to them are their fault. This self-blame and shame is then often expressed through self-harm. It's important to remember that self-harm can affect any of us, no matter who we are. Problems, stresses and anxieties, along with a growing number of responsibilities, can sometimes build up inside us until we begin to feel completely overwhelmed and helpless. When there isn't a safe place where we can be ourselves, cry and talk about what is really happening in our lives and how we are really feeling inside, self-harm can sometimes seem like the only way to get by. The kind of self-harm we are going to focus upon today is cutting. However, we will be mentioning other types of self-harm too. People self-harm for many reasons. It is often a way of staying alive and a way to cope with emotional pain which is built up inside of us. Self-harm is often associated with abuse, but it can also be used when anyone is trying to contain their emotions inside and feel that they have nowhere to turn to, no one that will care or hear their voice empathically. Sometimes people can find it really hard to express how they're feeling. There is a huge pressure for us all to keep a smile on our face and to battle through each day, never really acknowledging or talking about the things which have caused us pain or distress. We may be told to stay positive, find resilience or stay strong. For many, self-harm provides a space where they can release some of their hidden emotions and pressure which is held under the surface 
and may be rejected by those around them. But why do people choose to self-harm, you might wonder? Family, friends and even some professionals often find it very difficult to understand. Here are a few reasons why people self-harm. Sometimes people haven't grown up in environments where it's been safe to express emotions or have been surrounded by people who have invalidated their feelings or refused to listen to their struggles and pain. This often happens in all kinds of abuse and leaves people carrying shame and blame for the abuse which has happened to them. Other families can have strict rules about the emotions you can show to the outside world. It's important to show that everyone is coping and everything is absolutely fine, even when a family is facing tragedy or domestic violence. Self-harm therefore provides people with a secret place where they can express their feelings without others knowing their inner hurts and can give them temporary relief from them. Many feel that cutting and seeing blood enables them to release their emotions and even release the badness which they feel is inside of them. When the body experiences physical trauma, it releases endorphins to ease the physical pain. Endorphins have an effect like morphine and can bring a sense of calm to a person who is feeling intense emotional pain. The self-harm creates a place where a person can escape temporarily from the emotional pain they are carrying with them every day. Some people who self-harm have never experienced love or care within their lives. Caring for their wounds and bandaging their injuries often gives people a reason to practice self-nurturing the nurturing which they have never experienced from when they were small. The wounds caused by self-harm often verify or make real the hurt and suffering a person is going through. For example, many people have often reached out for help when they have been abused and have been told by others that their experiences can't be true or that their feelings don't matter and they must have done something to deserve such treatment. Visual wounds can often represent the inner wounds, but also show that emotional pain inside is real and not imaginary. Self-harm can be a way of finding self-belief when everyone else has cast doubt upon you. Sometimes people use self-harm to punish themselves. They believe that they are bad, unworthy of love and kindness. They may use different methods to self-harm and punish themselves, such as skipping meals, cutting, burning, over-exercising in an attempt to hurt themselves further. For others, self-harm can give some control when they felt completely helpless and out of control during the abuse. Some people can hurt themselves when they re-experience abuse during a flashback. People who have experienced abuse often feel completely overwhelmed by their feelings, so much so that they become numb. This numbness helps a person to function and get through each day. The only difficulty with constantly feeling numb is that it also cuts you off from yourself, your surroundings and others around you. It can feel like you're floating or fuzzy in your head and it makes it impossible to be present to the things which are happening around you. Some people who have been feeling numb for a long time use self-harm 
as a way of reconnecting with their bodies. They use it as a way to feel alive again. Seeing the blood, feeling the physical wounds, often brings a person back into feeling more aware of themselves again. This often is a temporary fix, because the painful feelings of abuse often return, and then the person begins to numb out or dissociate from the feelings again, in order to cope and function in the world. This leads to a vicious cycle of numbness or dissociation, followed by self-harm and then more overwhelming feelings. Other reasons people self-harm can be Self-harm is something which is there when there is no other support. Self-harm can help people to blot out the rest of the world for a little while. It can give a person a sense of control in their life. Self-harm is something which you can be in control of. Some people feel that self-harm helps them to feel in control in a chaotic and painful world. Self-harm is always a way of expressing enormous hurt which often has no place to go and no voice. For many people, there does come a time when self-harm in itself is not enough and doesn't help a person in the way it first did. When this happens, people can feel trapped and helpless. They may then turn to a more dangerous form of self-harm, overdosing. Many people initially do not intend to kill themselves, but long for an escape to their problems and feelings. They may, for example, take an overdose so that they can be unaware of the world around them for a little while. It does, however, seem that if the problems and feelings in a person's life don't improve, the wish to escape can turn into a wish to end their life. They may also develop other coping strategies which help them to feel more in control, express their pain or dissociate, such as skipping meals, over-exercising, abusing drugs, drinking excessively or solvent abuse. Many people who self-harm find it difficult to talk about it. It can be hard to put into words the powerful feelings which lead to self-harm and many people also expect to be judged and not listened to. There is a huge lack of understanding about self-harm. Some people still believe that it is attention-seeking or that a person must be very unstable to be able to hurt themselves rather than understanding that self-harm is a way of surviving a painful and traumatic life. When a researcher called Spandler asked about the kind of help people would like from a service to support them with self-harm, they said, to be treated with respect. They need people to be flexible in the way that they work with them. They wanted to feel accepted by those supported them. They didn't want to be made to feel bad for self-harming or for not being able to stop. They wanted people to know that self-harm is how they expressed their distress and hurt. When it comes to counselling and therapy, sometimes people want to talk about their self-harm and sometimes they don't. Many people feel shame, unlovable and worthless. They fear that the counsellor may reinforce these feelings by saying that the self-harm is wrong or that they should stop immediately. Many also fear talking about the reasons why they self-harm and are frightened that the therapist will not be able to hold the amount of pain which they are carrying with them each day.
Some people fear that they will be seen as being at high risk to themselves. They may even fear being sectioned. For us at Start to Talk, self-harm is a way of expressing deep pain and hurt which has no place to go. So many people have been through experiences where no one was there to rescue them, no one was there to comfort them, no one was there to say that those things shouldn't have happened to them. When there is no one there to give comfort, reassurance and listen empathically, it is completely understandable that a person will turn to self-harm as a way of dealing with the pain which they feel inside. We have seen this with the homeless, with young people and anyone who has had a very traumatic life where there has been no one there to listen and tell them that it's okay to have feelings and to talk about them. So how can we help or support a person who self-harms? When working as a therapist, it is very important to focus upon building a trusting relationship. It often takes a lot of time to build up trust, especially if a person has been judged or criticised for self-harming. Providing a safe, caring, non-judgmental space, allowing a person to talk about their difficulties at their own pace and in their own time is very important. Self-harm leaves people with a lot of self-blame, self-hate, self-disgust and a belief that everything which is happening to them in life is their fault. The person may expect you to hate them too and may find it very difficult to hear your acceptance, empathy and kindness. Be patient, keep listening and working alongside the person, demonstrating that you care and accept them for who they are. Reassure them that there are many reasons why lots of people use self-harm as a way to survive. People who self-harm have often been through many experiences which have left them feeling powerless and helpless. It's really important that you don't reinforce these feelings by taking control away from them or by exerting power over them. For example, in a counselling session, this could be not listening to or dismissing their problems, their difficulties or anxieties. It could be forcing a person to sit in a chair opposite you when they find it really difficult to have someone look at them directly. It could be making fun of them or laughing at them or it could be being too rigid with times and making a big deal out of a person being five minutes late to the session. People who self-harm need a person to work alongside them, someone to journey with them. They need to know that you can hold the pain which is breaking them up inside and that you're going to honour them as a valuable human being. Anyone who feels shame and self-hate needs a person to show them understanding, to listen, hold their hand if they want, work with them and know that you're there for them and not against them. Self-harm isn't something which can be stopped straight away. It is often a coping strategy which has been used for many years. It's important to look at the reasons why a person self-harms. This can take time and must be done with care without overloading a person with feelings and memories. If or when a person does want to slowly begin to stop self-harm, it's very important to find alternatives which can give the person comfort and reassurance in their life. It may be that a person goes for a run when they are feeling angry rather than cutting themselves 
Or it may be that a person finds peace and tranquility in painting rather than thinking about hurting themselves when they are dealing with grief. There will be different things which work for different people. However, it is really important that a person works with a therapist when reducing their self-harm. If you are self-harming or feel like hurting yourself, it's really important to remember that it's not your fault. There are some things you can do to help yourself. Here are some alternatives for self-harm if you feel like hurting yourself but don't want to. You could hold ice. Holding ice or resting ice across where you would normally hurt yourself. Wrap the ice in a towel. Play music loudly. Drawing red lines instead of cutting. Pinging elastic bands against your skin. Screaming into a pillow. Allowing yourself to let the feelings out through crying. Punching pillows. Walking in the crisp, cold air in the morning. Taking a shower. Drawing angry zigzag lines in colours which reflect how you feel. Going for a run. Feed the ducks in the park. Focusing on the playfulness of a pet or squirrels in the trees. Watching fish swim in a fish tank, looking at their colours and the direction in which they swim. Watching a sensory lamp. Feeling the texture of a tree, a stone, sand, knitting wool or play-doh. Take deep, slow breaths to, to feel calmer. Stand against a cold wall or sit down on a low wall. Allow yourself to feel the texture and temperature of the stone. Write some positive affirmations which you are able to pick up easily when you're overwhelmed and unable to cope. The affirmations could say, you deserve kindness and compassion. You are doing the best that you can in the situation you are in. You are loved. It's okay to not feel okay. Celebrate all your achievements today, even the ones that feel tiny. Or even suggestions of what you might like to do to take care of yourself. For example, your favourite film, your favourite food, your favourite book. Keep aromatherapy scented blankets, paper, handkerchiefs nearby. Movement of any kind. Movement of any kind, whether it's going for a run, yoga, swimming or going for a walk. It could even be hoovering or cleaning the house. If you feel able to, phone a friend and tell them how you're feeling. Often when we talk about our feelings and they are heard and validated, we feel less alone and more accepted for who we are. Talking to someone who understands and will hear your pain often helps to decrease self-hate as well. Drawing or painting how you feel with colours and lines which reflect how you feel. Images such as clouds, thunder, rain, storms can sometimes be helpful. Create your own internal imaginary safe place where you can go to in your head when you feel like self-harming. For example, it might be a broad strong tree where you can feel the texture of the bark 
or look at the beautiful flowers and creatures in the branches. The tree's big branches can signify safety and protection. Breathe. It will pass. You're going to be okay. Snuggle a soft and cosy blanket. Write down how you're feeling. You could keep a journal or write words on a piece of paper which you can then rip up or shred. Remember you're not alone and it's always okay to ask for help and support. We've come to the end of our podcast. We want you to know that even though self-harm is often very secretive and difficult to talk about, it isn't a taboo subject for us. We work with everyone as a unique individual and will not judge, criticise or pathologise you. We understand that self-harm is a way of surviving and keeping yourself alive in the most chaotic and often frightening times. We hope that you found this podcast useful. Please share it with others to help them feel less alone and isolated with their struggles and pain. Feel free to leave us a message on Anchor, Facebook or Twitter. Our website is starttotalk.com. Thank you for listening today. We look forward to you joining us again. Take care of yourselves, everyone.